Man, I just woke up and my mind's already ruining my day. Welcome to Thunderdome Metal Reviews. My name is Gabe Cooper. I'm here with Tracy, David, and Ben. How y'all doing tonight? Big doing... hardcore in the house. Doing great. <laughs> I, I'm finding the answer to the question that I didn't know I had, which is what of Zach De La Roca saying for suicidal tendencies. interesting okay but how he says it i see it amazing therapy well why this game why now why us so we're reviewing an album this week by the band drain and they put out this album called living proof which i heard about um on a 2023 albums preview kind of video, which was on Banger TV, I believe. So someone was interested in this album coming out and they were telling everybody about it. I was intrigued because it was presented as, quote, hardcore thrash from California with Pantera-esque riffs, which is interesting description, maybe not entirely accurate, but maybe it refers to an earlier album. that's just a but, lot of adjectives to begin with. Just like, hey, what's it's music critic language? You know, you can fault them for being a silly music journalist, but um, I was intrigued in any event and um, wanted to check it out. And of course, I had to wait five months, you know, for it to happen. <laughs> yeah, of course. So um, we're here. We are here. Um, yeah, this is their second full length, uh, released on May fifth of twenty twenty three on Epitaph. Runtime of 25 minutes and eight seconds. Sweet, sweet 25 minutes and eight seconds. The band is Tim Flegel on drums, Sammy, and I'm going to apologize ahead of time because I'm probably going to screw this name up. Chiara Matero on vocals, Cody Chavez on guitars, and an uncredited, at least on the website, AJ Honing on bass. And Shakewell came in and did the vocals on track four. And it was mastered by Mike Kalogen. This is one of those albums where you can look at the cover and tell exactly what you're getting. For sure. Just a fun-ass time. I mean, it's green jelly, basically. (laughs) You mentioned them. You mentioned them. We were talking about this album before, I feel like. I stand by that. They're playing in Raleigh on Friday. Oh, nice. I have someone who's trying to hear us to go to that show. I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready for that. You want to? Little pig, little pig. Let me in. I think it's a little more serious than, than Green Jelly, but it, it's definitely got that kind of vibe. I just, this album, like, I kind of get why they said that and how they described this album because they you do see those elements all throughout like you get this random slayer riff in the middle of it and it's just like here's this slayer transition riff mixed in between two hardcore breakdowns you didn't expect it but here you go and i think it's just dudes who love the genre that are just throwing as much i don't say imitation but throwing as much um flattery towards the people who they're like hey we've loved this guy growing up i want to play just like him for this part and just kind of having some fun with it because, I mean, this album is just dudes having fun. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I do think they're having fun, but I think that they also, um, and, and there's a reason I said Zach Della Roca. It's not so much that he sounds like him, maybe a little bit, 
And this does not reach the political consciousness of Rage Against the Machine by a long shot. But there is a, a political message. There's a, there is a depth to these lyrics that I think belies the sound just a little bit, kind of like with suicidal tendencies, to be honest. Um, and I thought this was really fun. I thought that, and the reason that I tracked down the bassist names because I loved the bass playing on this. I thought it was really fun. I loved the fact that they left as much space in the mix for it as they did. Um, so, uh, you know, and as a guy who listened to a lot of this kind of stuff back in the early 90s, um, this is as much a retro thing as Burning Witches is, just to a different time period and different place. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. The question I guess, Gabe, since you had like, this was on your radar and you picked it out, did it live up to the hype that you had for it? I thought, it, I mean, it was a really strange description to me. Um, so I was not, uh, I was not counting on the experience living up to like the description, <laughs> but um, I, I enjoyed it. Um, so for me, like this is not really groovy in the same way Pantera is or usually is, but like, you know, you can headbang to it, which is nice. Uh, it also isn't just straight ahead, like crossover, which is sort of what I was expecting, um, even though like it was advertised as hardcore thrash. I don't, know, I don't know. So the hardcore piece of this is much bigger than what I expected. Like basically because I came in saying, okay, this is a crossover record. And then um, you find that hardcore edge or the hardcore sort of like flair in the vocal delivery, but also in the kind of compositions that they're doing. Um, breakdowns, obviously. Um, if you dig that kind of vocal delivery, like this sort of Zach De La Rocha, like um, inspired delivery. And if you like breakdowns, you're going to like this record. I mean, <laughs> there's no two ways about it. Um, you know, I did find myself also thinking about that Corpse Grinder record here uh, as a sort of comparison because this is on the lighter and aggressive side. And, you know, we also just reviewed the Cattle Decap record, which is heavy in the depressing sense, but uh, perhaps not as like in your face aggressive as this one is on the whole. So that's sort yeah. of my take on it. I definitely do think it's on the lighter side too, uh, especially in comparison to that cattle decapitation record. This is something that you could very easily put on at, at a party. David, your thoughts? Um, this is not my genre, as you know. And run your luck, not to get into tracks. So I was like, I don't know, guys. But it, as it picked up, you know, the riffs are pretty good. I don't think they're Pantera level, but they're nice. Um, I think the vocalist is a bit of a limitation. He's a bit one note for my taste. Um, and if you really like the style, then he nails it. But I would have liked a little more going on. But uh, I ended up, the brunt time didn't hurt either. I ended up enjoying it more than I thought I was going to based on the cover and just the description I read of it. It was like, ah, it's a banana slug type situation. Wanted to save you the guar absurdity of them there. We're almost there, but not quite. They got some whimsy, you know, I think that um, you have to also give them some credit. Um, and obviously, we're not at tracks yet, but uh, the idea that you put a track like Intermission on there, where there is rapping, you know, rapping on, you know, a crossover record, like, 
I don't know if it really makes a whole lot of sense, but it sort of made sense here. And then also the one foray into pop punk, which is toward the end of the record, um, that totally took me by surprise. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> like, what? where did that come from? But in a certain sense, if you think about what Ben was saying, or um, sorry, what Tracy was saying, you know, these guys are really paying homage in a, in a way, like wherever possible. And I think they do take some inspiration from, you know, this pop punk stuff that was really, really hyped in, um, you know, uh, from late 80s all the way through like late 90s. Um, That's like mid 2000s, so, man. That shit kept me. Yeah, I just I just refuse to to admit you it. You don't want to I, talk I, about Green Day. You don't, don't talk about Green Day around here. I I mean um, I saw was, Green Day in in uh, you know, two thousand four, two thousand five, actually on Live Aid. So I'm, I don't want to talk about that. Um, but you're right. So they they're they're paying homage to like all these uh kind of bands and styles that they uh appreciate, and I I can. I can understand that. Yeah, it's it's definitely a love letter to the scene for sure. Um, and I also uh, I have I didn't go back and listen to their first album, but this is only their second album. And you know, granted, this style of music isn't the most intricate or most difficult to play, but it is. I think the the comparison of Pantera is the groove. And I do think that while this is not the groove, like Pantera is a groove, I do think there's a certain for lack of a better term, swing to this that makes it difficult to play well. Um, and I think they have it. Now we talk about tra tracks. Well, before we talk about tracks, let's not forget they are the deal because they got that glockenspiel. They do. And cowbell. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> cowbell for sure. Oh, All that cow sweet cowbell. Well, in terms of tracks, I would say take the ride. Um, my faves are Devil's Itch, Imposter, Weight of the World, and Watch You Burn. I concur with Gabe. The only thing that I would change, I would say take the ride in. A, it's 25 minutes long, so who the fuck cares? But I was shocked to see and hear a Descendants cover on here, but I really, really enjoyed it, even though they basically just did the song straight up, but I, I quite enjoyed that cover. Take the ride as well, all of them. But I want to say I, I I dig the good good things, the pop punk they got on here. Like I was like, oh, like it hit that like <laughs> it hit that Scotty doesn't know itch from the Euro Trip movie. You guys are welcome. Now that song stuck in your head. Uh, as I said, this album grew on me as I heard it more. I'm still not a huge fan of Run Your Luck, but FTS, Devil's Itch, You Find Light, that that run is pretty good. Um, I really like good, good things. I mean, why not? I don't know. As I said, some grow me as I listen to it more. All right, let's grade this bitch. Hey, what you got for us? So I think I'm going to give this a B plus. I think it's uh, excellent. Um, it's fun. Doesn't require a whole lot of attention or thought. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's nice and light and aggressive and. Um, I want to see what these guys are doing next. Uh, I don't think this is the best they got to offer. I'm there with you. I'll give it a B plus as well. It's a fun album. Take the ride. 
I'm going to come down a hair. Uh, I'm going to give it an 82, the highest B minus. Um, isn't quite my genre, and it isn't perfect, but it's fun. And as I said, it grew on me. 81. I mean, excuse me, 82. I'm going to pull it back up to uh, where Gabe and Tracy are, because I, I would give this a B plus, because this is one of those things that um, it's not something that I want to listen to all the time, but it does kind of, again, scratch that semi-nostalgic itch for an era of, like, the first few Rancid albums and suicidal tendencies and fucking Everclear, Pennywise. So um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Nice. Did you nice buy it? Indeed. Yeah, I'd buy it. I'd buy it too. Yep. No. No, son. No, son, I'm good. <laughs> I mean, I would accept it in that situation. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, that brings us week to a close, which Gabe said earlier this week, and I agree with him, that this is a very eclectic, one of the more eclectic weeks I think we've done in a long time. Just kind of like a lot of, a lot of holes being filled in what we're doing, which was nice. But coming up on our next pick, courtesy of Ben, is his June pick of Godflesh Purge. Yep. Prepare yourself for a bad time, Tracy. <laughs> Amazing. Can't wait. <laughs> well, you know, Tracy just has a, a, shall we say, complicated relationship with industrial. So he has a soft spot for industrial. Come on. Indeed, it is a massive soft spot. Soft spot <laughs> of poo. Um. Okay. I'm trying to find it. I'm having no luck. I'm only showing you narrow, but it's June pick, so June's not over it. So I don't know why I'm getting getting that far ahead of myself. That's who you are as a person, and we love it. I'm Thunderdome. Some of those guys have the trains run on time. <laughs> choo choo. <laughs>